Welcome to Techno Pagan, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. This is a weekly podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. And this week's episode is Season 3, Episode 20. The Prom. We're going to be talking about plot. We're going to be talking about characters. We're going to be talking about ye old promenades. The Prom, right? The Prom. So spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it, after it comic books and possibly even other shows or movies dear listeners i will give you all a nice fun normal podcast even if i have to kill every single person on the face of the earth to do it so what happened in this episode kelly wow you're jumping the gun jumping the gun (laughs) first we had to say hello that's true hello my name is kelly I'm hosting this podcast with my co-host, Stacia. Say hello. Hello. Daniel, say hello. Do you want to tell them that they can't spend tonight with their honeys of all nights? No I vote that we bring the word honey back. We all know how I feel about this. Vetoed. <laughs> Stop trying to make honey happen. It's not going to happen. Oh, bring back man. Sweepy Pete. Already off the rails. The <laughs> We're here to talk about the prom. Episode 20 of season three originally aired on May 11th. 1999, written by Marty Noxon of Marty Noxon fame, 11th for the series. Last one was Consequences. Next one will be Living Conditions, which is the season premiere of season four. And directed by David Solomon. This is only the second of the series, but he's going to go on to do 19 total. The last one was What's My Line, part one, also with Marty Noxon as a co-writer on that. So uh, he, a couple of his greatest hits, Way to the World, Selfless, and uh, Beer Bat. So... Classic. Actually, this guy does a lot of clunkers. Uh, selfless and, and Way to the World were basically the, the cherry the items. Yeah. The Somebody's got to direct Someone's those episodes. Right? Hope you got paid for it. Um, so, yeah, what what did happen in this episode? Stacia, do you want to tell me what happened in this episode? I don't. <laughs> really? I mean, the prom. Bird. Prom. The prom? End of high school rite of passage thingy. Think cotillion with spiked punch and electric slide. All right. No, don't worry, it's at night. And lots of girls have older boyfriends. You'll blend. True. It's a big coming of age huh. moment for all American high school seniors. True. Oh, I hope to learn more about that as this episode goes on. Uh, so the, the big thing in this episode is uh, the Buffy Angel breakup. So we start with them in bed together with bed hair. Uh, the worst thing that could happen to Buffy, bed hair. On the side, she's not laying on. That bugged me. <laughs> and it's just like, they just pulled it from the The most intentional mass of hair, yes. And then she put it down so simply, like, oh, now I'm perfect again. And then also, she's wearing like full makeup, but apparently she slept in it and it doesn't look like it. I woke up like this. Yeah. Yeah. The lie continues. <laughs> uh, spurred on by an impromptu visit from Joyce, who's echoing the words of the mayor from episode Choices, where he said, you guys are never going to work out, you guys being you and Buffy. Uh, Angel finally says, you know what? This isn't going to work out. This freak show is over. And ends it in the sewer of all places. I guess if you're going to get dumped, might as be surrounded by dumps, right? It's a so, metaphor for the relationship. <laughs> surrounded by dumps. Oh my God. Uh, Buffy is heartbroken and that's that's the biggest thing that happens in the episode, but also there's uh, some fuckboy incel named Tucker who is raised some hellhounds to wreak havoc at the prom. Luckily, Buffy deals with it basically off screen within about 30 seconds and uh, we get back to what we all came here for, which is the prom. And Angel, of course, comes in during the dramatic sweeping version of Wild Horses by the Sunday. To get us Crazy. danced out there. Crazy. And uh, I mean, that's it. The, not really a whole lot in the way of plot. But I mean, the, the Buffy Angel breakup is huge. Like, this is the real one. Not for yeah. not not I send you to hell and you come back. Yeah. Not like, oh, uh, this is kind of weird. Maybe we should break up. But no, really, for real, I'm leaving town. 
my friend. We are done. Spin off. Spin off. Yeah, I'm spinning off. It's nothing. No, you have something, face. So the only real first in this episode, and I take this with a grain of salt, is that the student body of Sunnydale is openly acknowledging that crazy shit happens to them when giving the class protector award. Zombies. Yeah. What was it? Oh, yeah. Hyenas. Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if you really count that because I feel like in pockets we've probably acknowledged that before in yeah. in the harvest. So the wow. second episode of the whole show, Giles has a line about um, they rationalize what they can and forget what they cannot. Uh, and I th- like that. That definitely holds true. That maxim for the whole people of Sunnydale at large. But we did get in gingerbread. The adults yeah. of the town, right? right. Clearly, right. Moo could not have happened if we weren't acknowledging the uh, what does she even say? Neck rupture. <laughs> Right. Of Sunnydale. Right. Um, so that meant a week first, but a couple of a couple of fun facts. They had to close the set. Fun. This is real fun. They had to close the set for 25 minutes uh, after the Buffy Angel breakup scene because Sarah Michelle Geller could not stop crying. Now, this is what it says in the wiki uh, for for Buffy, but I feel like it couldn't have been that scene, right? It would make more sense for me if it was during the Willow Buffy scene when they're in her bedroom because she's actually fucking breaking down and I could see like once you got yourself worked up that you won now the moment in the sewer when the dumping is actually happen happening is pretty tense too but I don't know but I mean maybe maybe she just like right after that broke down anyway so they had to shut down for 25 minutes because she was real upset uh the wedding dress that Buffy wears during Angel's Dream was designed by Vera Wang whom also designed her real life wedding dress to Freddie Prince Jr. and in case you all forgot Jessica Johnson winner of our 1-800-COLLECT oh, yes. Christmas sweepstakes was in this episode. Now, cannot confirm visually because I don't know what she looks like, No, nor does anyone else. And this was would she be... dancing with Jonathan? Who was Jonathan's girl? She was fine, right? That would be great. She was like... I, I'm going to guess that that was her. Uh, incorrect. I don't think so. I think she was definitely someone who was like, swept, like the camera swept over was getting like dip or punch or something. I really don't think that sure. she was like in it, in it. It's like next to Buffy. Yes, but she, she was in the episode what a call supposedly back. go back I and listen know, to right? amends uh and biggest i think is maybe that this is sarah michelle geller's favorite episode now mm. i would imagine it's she's always been really invested in the buffy angel relationship and i think just because fans were so much so i feel like that's what you're you know really get hyped everybody's like oh you buffy and angel then i could see that but also she is great in this episode she does a fantastic job acting wise so maybe that maybe that she had to go places that she wasn't sure she could go to but like then you have the body which is just like mm. fucking anyway so that's that's that for my my little fun facts look it's done you want to go after them and tell them that they can't go that all of their planning and dreaming was for nothing that they can't spend tonight with their honeys of all nights so i i really really like this episode uh upon multiple rewatches before this i was kind of torn when it came down to the ranking of this one it ended up being middle of the pack for me but i i certainly remember it fondly especially that fucking song i don't know why i love that sunday song so much the rolling stones version sucks compared to this one fantastic (laughs) in my opinion um not a lot happens obviously and i think we'll talk about this later but the weird touching on of uh violent incel behavior that like wasn't a thing then but like i said we'll, we'll talk about it later and then just kind of glossing over it. And I, I don't know. There's no real move. Buffy and Angel breaking up is, is a thing. And I'm supposed to care about it. But I don't so much. It's more about Buffy herself. So uh, how did how did you feel about the episode, Dana? 
Well, this episode, the theme of this episode is definitely choices. I mean, Oz, <laughs> interesting choice. Sander, choice is kind of a broad term for my situation. Joyce, there are some hard choices ahead. So I thought, you know, the episode being called Choices and they just kept bringing up choices. I'm sorry, this, that's not what this episode's called. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Tisha, how do you feel about the episode? Um, I have a lot of negative feelings about what happens in the episode, yeah. but the episode itself... I feel neutral to positive towards. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like I like the prom moment, and I especially like Buffy's class protector moment. I think yeah, that's, that's really um, satisfying. She was so happy. Yeah, so I like that. But the um, hell dogs are look like Oz, like the werewolf version. Hairless, and, hairless Oz. It's yeah, disgusting. and they're, they're just so not good. And we kept cutting to it in the weird, like, <laughs> the shot of the fucking house. Like, whatever shot that Oh, was. my God. That was definitely a camera, like, a video camera ta- looking at a still photograph that someone had taken from. Like, when they went to go scope the set, they were like, we don't actually want to go back there. Here's a picture of it. That I feel like sense. it was, it reminded me of the house from Some Assembly Required. Oh, yeah. Because that was an mm-hmm. actual, like, house and then probably a set or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, we had a location. I feel like that was, like... They just took a photo of that location. They're like, we're not going back out there. That's when we cared more. <laughs> Definitely. We're take a picture of that. <laughs> Actually, we've got a still frame from the episode. We're just going to fucking do that. Blow Great. it up. Just yep, fine. Who cares? It's so jarring. Yeah. Uh, but the episode focuses on prom. That's the central. Yeah. That's what we're trying to get to. That's all Buffy cares about doing is giving her friends a normal high school moment that they deserve. No. You guys are going to have a prom. The kind of prom that everyone should have. I'm going to give you all a nice, fun, normal evening if I have to kill every single person on the face of the earth to do it. Yay. So it is a choice that you made to do. (laughs) So, uh, Stacia, for the continuity of our podcast, because that's all I care about in life is continuity, uh, you learned us about Homecoming way back in the beginning of the season. Can you learn us about the prom? Okay, for non-U.S. listeners, the prom is a formal dance that high schools across the country have, um, usually geared towards juniors and seniors, which is like 16, 17, and 18-year-olds. So this is strictly an American thing? It's spread since then, but yes, it has its American roots, and it's been mostly an American tradition. Um, So it dates back to the mid to late 19th century. The first record they have of it is in, like, 1894. This guy at an all-men's college writes in his diary about getting invited to an all-women's college prom. And again, just like Homecoming, our two dances that sort of bookend a high school year, it has its roots in college originally. Mm. So prom is short for promenade, which is when colleges would throw these social events where women could have dates where they could display their social grace, their etiquette, their beautiful young college co-ed bodies <laughs> to show that they're like marriageable. Yeah, that was the point. No, no, yeah, and so it was this thing for essentially middle class women, specifically white women, that couldn't afford to do a debutante ball or a debutante like coming out. Because um, so, the school put on, because that's a private function, right? The debutante balls thing. Yeah, it's like expensive, and there's yeah. But so it, originally, these proms they held the same sort of social um, requirements. Like you had specific dress codes that you had to follow. Like you know, women couldn't wear masculine clothing; they had to wear certain kinds of dresses. You were expected to act in a certain way, and you could not go without a date. It wasn't until about the 1920s that they started to spread into high schools, which is when they got a little bit less um, 
strict about etiquette and everything. Um, but then the 1930s hit and a lot of principals canceled their proms because students couldn't afford dresses oh, yeah. or outfits. The depression. Um, one principal specifically said that he didn't want his uh, poor students to be quote unquote psychologically wounded. <laughs> Oh, man, it's legit. So it stays kind of depressed through um, the war until after World War II and everyone has money again, like in the 1950s. And in the 1950s, you also get this emergence of the word teenager. Before that, teenager as an age demographic isn't a thing that exists in people's like understanding of oh. growing up. They're teenagers. It's a sobering mirror to look into, huh? Um, so as that happens, like the idea of prom, like this uniquely teenager experience also kind of grows along with it. Um, and you start getting an influx of cash into the whole process where instead of just having it in a school gym, you start having it at country clubs, golf courses, you know, banquet halls, like these more expensive places. Um, in 1954, Brown v. Board of Education happens that says schools cannot racially segregate students anymore. It all has to be integrated. So this is when we start seeing schools beginning to throw white and black proms, separate sure. dances for their students so that even though the students had to be segregated while they were being taught, they could still have their separate proms. Um, in the 60s and the 70s, prom again takes a little dip. People are more worried about like the Vietnam War and social consciousness and like political issues than they are about dances. Um, in 1970, this school in Mississippi, Charleston High School in Charleston, has the first year the black students are allowed to attend, and it's also the first year they launched their white prom. Mm. <laughs> and Quite then <laughs> in yes. 1963, just an interesting note, um, President Kennedy had a $1,000 a plate fundraiser at the Beverly Hilton, um, but he ended up moving it to a smaller room in the same like country club because prom students had already booked it two years in advance so that wow. they could have their prom there and then he just rolled in in the middle of prom and was like hey guys and was like shaking hands and stuff wow that would That's be pretty fun. wild yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so 1979 is the first time a same-sex couple attended a prom officially 79 yes it was uh two gay men in north dakota and they went Whoa. even though the fellow kids in their schools were threatening to tar and feather them in the end, nothing happened and everyone was really nice to them. So, North Dakota, what is up? Yeah. Um, so, then we get to the 1980s, which Gross. is what you exactly need <laughs> to bring prom to its new height. You need Taffeta. cocaine, big hair, cocaine. cocaine, shoulder pads. This is what brings prom to its promy glory. glory. <laughs> it's also like. You know, you get this um, surgence of like teen rom com type movies, sure. which kind of like crystallize prom as like a the birth of the sex like comedy. In the, yeah, like cultural zeitgeist is oh, a thing. Oh, that's in our show. That's in right. Our, yeah. So there's a bunch of prom movies. Can you guys name any? Well, what was it? Pretty in Pink was on there. I'm trying to think of from the, the 80s specifically. Uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be just prom movies in general. Um, uh, American Pie, definitely. That was the whole thing. The whole pact was to is Fast Times at Ridgemont High, or is that just like a random 80s? You know, it turns out program. every one of these movies, they're all the prom. I mean, it, may, just, it might be. Who knows? Yeah. So there's a lot of like obviously the iconic Pretty in Pink. I think is probably the first yeah. one you think of when you think of prom movies. Right. But there's so many, and when I was looking it up, I was surprised to see some of the ones that are prom movies, like Ten Things I Hate About You. There's a dance, but it's not really an right. emphasis. That's but the it's thing. There. Yeah. And 
happens with the dance. Um, is it the prom? I don't know, but I think almost yeah, every single rom com is a, there is a dance. Story yeah, has yeah. To so Pretty in Pink, Footloose, Mean yeah. Girls ends with a big dance. She's all that. Never been kissed. Well, Ten sure. Things I Hate About You. American Pie. Saved. Not another teen movie is a prom movie. And okay. my favorite one, Back to the Future. Oh the yeah. The Under the Sea dance is their prom. Right. It's a big deal at the end. It's true. And, and idle hands. Think about it. No, so it's don't. just like so ubiquitous at this point that yeah. it's just a thing everyone like deals with so then we fast forward to 1994 an alabama alabama principal was sued for threatening to cancel prom if interracial couples attended in 94 so that was in 1994 then we go to 1997 (laughs) we were back to charleston high school that is still continuing to have segregated black and white proms almost three decades later what the fuck nothing has changed Morgan Freeman, hey. the actor, offers <laughs> <laughs> Morgan Freeman fame. Offers Charleston High School, I will fund your entire prom if you have an integrated one. Right. And they went, nope, we're good. And then uh, had segregated proms for eleven more years until two thousand and eight. What the fuck? However, that's not even the oldest one. There was a Wilcox school in Abbeville, Georgia, that had uh, segregated proms until two thousand and thirteen. That's uh, and the big thing with prom now is promposals. Right, yes. Where you... People, I have used the internet. Yes. Oh, oh, where, oh, where they propose to go to the prom, not yeah. will you marry me oh, yeah. at the prom. No. No, no. So it's um, where instead of just saying, hey, will you go to the prom with me? You do Driving this big, down the highway. It's you like, do this big Amanda, thing. Yeah. will you go? Yeah. yeah. I myself am dipping into my hard-earned road trip fund to procure a shiny new tux, so look for me to dazzle cover their car and post-its that says prom or whatever. Uh, Literally, when I was researching this, a day earlier, there was an article posted about a kid also in, I think it was Mississippi, who had a very racist promposal with his date, and he got kicked out of the prom and wasn't allowed to go. Thank fucking uh, God. uh, Yeah, so anyways, uh, today prom is a really big event. I read a statistic that said the average amount that parents pay for a student to attend prom is $900. To attend. Like between like dresses or tuxes and corsages. Rides, restaurants, limo, restaurant, yeah. yep, hair, makeup so artist, much. whatever, nine hundred dollars. Could you imagine just flushing nine hundred dollars down the drain? You're the I parent mean, sitting at home, be like, I just spent nine hundred dollars. I think I spent money. about three hundred bucks, but I might have paid for it because I had a job at the time. Because did you go to prom? Yeah, well, I went to Stevens prom, so I I dropped out of high school when I was in at the very beginning of tenth grade. Uh, but my right friend at the time was three years older than me, so I went to senior prom as like his date unofficially, like. Uh, or one of our other friends who were also seniors invited me as their date. So I got to go to the senior prom, even though I was only a freshman. Um, and yeah, I, I rented a taxi. I think it was like 200 bucks, something like that. And then we went out to eat before that. And yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that was like a little, you know, tiny town in Colorado. It's not even yeah. like a big, big thing. Did you, what did you, what did your prom experiences? Okay. So for, oh. for one, it's only for juniors and seniors, theoretically, right? You're the ones that are allowed to go. Yeah. yeah if you're an awesome. underclassman, um, you have to be invited. You have to have a date that's an older student that takes you. Yeah. Not just everyone in high school can go to a prom. Are there separate ones? Are there one like the ones for just juniors and one for seniors, or was it all together? They were all together. Usually okay. Yeah. That's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. Okay. And did you go both years? I went as only a senior. Did Same. You? I yeah? did not have a date when, yeah. <laughs> the first year, and I was like, eh. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did not want to go. Okay. Well, give me a I'm snapshot gonna... of your, your prom. We saw, we saw a literal picture yeah, of, sure, of you and your prom date before. This is uh, It was fine. I mean, it was just, you know, I think for most people, it's probably your nerve wracking if you're like going on a date and it's the first thing. Like, I mean, I had plenty of friends that I went with where they asked the girl and they'd never been in a room together. They never like talked or, I mean, they talked or whatever, but it was like your first date really. Mm-hmm. And that to me is, that's a weird thing to like your first date is the prom mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. So like me and her, we were dating at the time. So it's like, it wasn't even that big of a deal. Right. She's like, I guess we're going to this dance. Exactly. And so of course that, we're going together. And that makes it easy. Um, whereas I think it would be really nerve wracking if you were asking and yeah going for the first it's time a lot of pressure like, man yeah and then you go, and then it just has the meeting the parents vibe like oh, i don't know sure, why yeah. the fuck we're doing this like there's so much about it that i look back on and i'm like this was dumb <laughs> <laughs> and i just think like i mean it's just like th- this was so weird that we like forced my parents to be with th- her parents and like mm. what a weird thing to do yeah that's all otherwise it was fun i mean the problem itself was fun yeah i was just dancing was just hanging out with friends i mean you're you're so young you know it's like if you don't drink or do any of that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Then it's like you're on one side. I mean, I was like halfway in between. We went out to a place afterward. We stayed. We stayed at a friend's house. Like a big, you know, parents were out. That that kid who had the parents just left. Mm-hmm. They're so never like, around community. Exactly. <laughs> so like, yeah, we stayed there and all that kind of stuff, and it, it was fun, you know, and that's fine. Yeah. Stacia, how was your prom? You yeah. went to the prom king, didn't you? I did. What? My date was the prom king. <laughs> Damn. Mine was not the prom queen. Yeah. So I don't know if this is. I don't even thing. know how one became that. I don't know if this is a thing um, in all high schools, but in our high school at least, I think they were trying to make it more fair. If you had been voted to be royalty of some other dance or game or something, you couldn't be again. Like Homecoming uh, King could not so, be. Yeah. So prom if you're king. voted to be on Homecoming Court, you could not be Prom King. So oh. uh, my date, his name is Wilson. Um, he had been voted to be these things, and I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it because he wanted to be prom king specifically, wow. which really worked out in his favor because by the time we get to prom, everyone else who was likely to be a candidate had already wiped like, out. Yeah, it was already <laughs> wiped out. There was no one left in the field. He was like a sure sign winner. Smart. <laughs> so, yeah. Brilliant strategist that Wilson wow. prom king. Yeah, so uh, we were That's best friends. <laughs> not a date situation, but he asked me to go with him, so I agreed. Um, and it was really chill. We went and he got prom king and another woman, obviously not me, got prom queen. And we like hung out and danced. And yeah. then afterwards we went back to his house and watched Disney movies. Nice. See, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ours was in a little room and uh, Jorgie went with his boyfriend. So that was a big deal. That was the first same sex couple in Frederick High history, I think. How and many people were at your prom then? Well, so the entire school population of eighth grade to uh, 12th grade was 700 people. So there oh, couldn't okay. have been more than 200 people. Oh. Period. If you're counting junior and senior class, I wouldn't think. See, we had like 700 people. Yeah, your school strike answer. Yeah. yeah. So it was a party party. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Aerosmith definitely played. Don't want to miss a thing that happened. Oh, I thought Aerosmith literally should. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty wild. Uh, and yeah, there was a cop there because they were really concerned that um, Jorgie and, and Ponsonby, Apollo, something like that, uh, it was going to be a thing, but it oh. totally wasn't a thing. So. See, and I don't even know if. If we had anything like that, I don't know. Yeah, we did. You, you, you hip DC kids were probably just like, yeah, who, oh, who is it? Yeah. No, definitely, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it definitely wasn't a thing. Yeah. 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 Of all proms in all history, possibly the most memorable one was the prom that was held at the White House in 1975. The one and only prom to ever be held. Yes. His daughter, Susan Ford, uh, oh, went wow. to Holton Arms, which is like a very prestigious school in dc, DC yeah um 
Anyways, they were trying to figure out what was their venue going to be for prom. And one of the students was like, hey, do you think, you know, Susan, could we have it at your house? (laughs) And she was like, I can ask. (laughs) Incredible. So basically, that's how that happened. Um, They, the... The White House did have quite a few stipulations to have the prom there. Basically, the students had to pay for it. It couldn't be seen as um, uh, Susan freeloading right. on the government. And uh, that any God. band that they had had to have a squeaky clean record. They could Aerosmith. have no drug convictions, which... Um, wow, they're out. <laughs> yeah, so the students, to prepare for it, uh, had bake sales to uh, raise the money. Adorable. Yeah, in the months leading up to the prom so they could have it at the White House. And then, you know, as like pre... 9-11 and all this paranoia oh, sure. and everything. So they didn't really have to do anything security-wise except submit their names and their social security numbers for Secret Service to review. But I guess otherwise, they're just kind of like rolled up on the White House yeah. prom night. So they had to pick um, bands that didn't have drug charges, like I said. Drug and charges. Yes. I love that. Well, any criminal history, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it had to maintain this level of propriety, sure, sure. right? Like you're not like bringing these like drug druggy rockers into the White House <laughs> to like play to like I underage guess 75 children. Is true, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so the woman who arranged it, (laughs) she gave an interview and she said it was actually really hard to find a band that would like pass monster. Apparently they were uh, pretty deep in negotiations with the Beach Boys. They thought they could get them. The Beach Boys really wanted to do it. They really wanted them to do it to the point that the Beach Boys apparently slashed their fees to basically nothing so they could afford it because the students had to pay for it. But all the negotiations broke down because the Beach Boys required that they could film it. Obviously, like, oh. for obvious reasons, and the White House was like, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> also, they loved drugs. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> no convictions. No convictions, and that's the key. That's so the key. <laughs> they ended up with two bands: one Sandcastle, oh, which I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but they were a band that played about 200 shows a year in the 70s. Um, all top 40 radio hits. They didn't do any of their own music. They just oh, sort of God. regurgitated oh, a famous cover band, huh? Yes. Um, <laughs> And so they basically played at like bat mitzvahs, weddings, other and proms, parties. <laughs> and so they were like old hats at this. They're like, cool, we got this. Yeah. The other band they hired was called the Outer Space Band, which was basically a little known band yeah. from uh, where are they from? So Sandcastle was from Richmond, Virginia. Yay. And then the Outer Space Band lived in a 12 bedroom house in Wendell, Massachusetts. <laughs> they were basically long haired hippies that Get played rock music, which was a little controversial. But apparently the White House agreed to it. So they negotiated a deal for a $350 fee for them to appear, wow. which I looked up. And in today's dollars is $1,653.73. nothing. So that's a lot for high school kids. Well, sure, but I mean, well, it also would be a nice school in DC. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 So uh, basically, the Outer Space Band basically wore whatever they wanted to on stage, but the White House was like, "No, we kind of have standards. You can't just show up in like ripped jeans and like no shirt or whatever." So they decided we're gonna dress up like riverboat gamblers and went to a costume air. They put them all on and they were like, "We can't do this." So they ended up getting suits. But I love that. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> no, they missed a chance. Anyways, um, one of the members of the band, who was like a singer and songwriter, guitarist, Elliot Osborne, wrote an article for We, which was like a porn magazine at the time. Cool. <laughs> about his experience playing at the White House. Um, and he called them a Chevy full of hippies. And he said that he was so nervous when they came to the White House, like on the lawn, and they met the Secret Service guy to look like he was as unstoned out as possible. That he says he leaned out the window and said, quote, Howdy, we're from outer space and we're meant to be inside. <laughs> 
Um, so apparently as the suburban <laughs> is like driving down <laughs> this really long driveway to the White House, one of the members decides what he needs to do is pull his pants down and uh, moon the White House. Amazing. Apparently they also had an idea to streak through the White House, but then decided to nix it because it would be too hard to coordinate everyone getting naked at the same time and running in the same direction. <laughs> so for logistic reasons only. <laughs> Logistically, they were like, nah, maybe not. <laughs> I think that they're completely full of bluster and they probably were very respectful and didn't try a damn thing. I don't know. You should see their website, friend. Um, so, really? Yeah. So. Are they still around? They played. They were very nervous when they played. They didn't really know what they were doing because they'd never done anything like this before. And then Sandcastle was like the headliner, I guess. And they got on stage and, you know, we're like, whatever. This is what we Did do. We're professionals. Thing. Yeah. But the whole reason why Outer Space Band decided to do this is because they wanted exposure. Specifically, sure. they wanted a record deal, which never materialized. But they did <laughs> oh. get really big um, write-ups in a bunch of like famous music magazines and newspapers. And they also played at CBGB's okay. uh, directly because they played at the White House. Right, right. So it kind of worked. So to this day, they still play to small groups of people at Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> so if you would like to see the Outer Space, the outer space band. band that played... The 1975 prom at the White House. The you one can and only. still do that. Wow. They do have a website. It exists. <laughs> it's uh, outer space. Really, like movie. they made it in the 90s and then completely forgot See, all about it. That's great. That's oh, yeah. great. It's just like the spell website that I had to go to. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like black with like yellow text, mm-hmm. and it's like uh, everything click, you want. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a big enter bunter, and, and it's like once you click here, you've left the realm of Earth and you've entered into the realm of music. <laughs> there is no turning back. <laughs> Incredible. How did this band play at the White House? Hope the kids had fun. I mean, otherwise, yeah, yeah. That's, that would so, be fun for the kids. That would be wild. So apparently everyone had a great time. It was like a very chill event. It went a little bit longer than the White House had agreed to. It was supposed to end at 1230, but they went to one. Wow. Um, a few select students, Susan, obviously, but some of her friends, they had like a riverboat cruise. Uh, so they had like fancy dinner and wine mm. beforehand. And then Ooh. her date and some of the other students actually stayed over at the White House that night and Whoa. slept there. And so her date was someone she had like just met, didn't really know because she'd broken up with her longtime boyfriend a month before the prom. And he was interviewed and he said, basically, it was amazing. But, like uh, very few people get to sleep over at the White House and I didn't have to pay $100,000 to do right. it. Yeah. <laughs> so look <Wow>. out. <laughs> what a wild thing. Yeah. Yeah. This kid orders cow brains a couple times a week. No, uh, goes to this address. <laughs> Good luck. It's a weird kid. So as I mentioned at the top, there's not really a whole lot of things going on in this episode. There's like, we have this lesser villain, uh, Tucker Wells, and he was actually floated to be the season six bad guy, which is funny. Instead of the, the, the trio. Oh, the trio. Yeah. yeah you know. It's what I thought when I first happened. I was like, maybe this was one of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's Warren Andrew's brother. Oh, Famously. Yeah, yeah, Tucker's brother. Uh, so it's interesting that we postponed Earshot uh, because of the Columbine mass shooting, right? And this is someone who's planning to carry out mass murder as well via demon instead of gun, but same fucking thing. And it's because it's the whim of one fucking sad boy who got turned down. And for he on this episode, and you can't fault them at all. Like, I, I do want to talk about that. The... The, it's played for a laugh, right? We get one cut of, we get a smash cut of him going into the past. It's like Tucker's asking this girl, nameless girl, yeah. do you want to go to the prom with me? No. And then that's it. Like, well, I didn't it, find that funny. I don't think it was played for a laugh. I think it was. I don't think so. I don't think really? so at all. No, I like, think that was sp- like, holy shit, this guy's doing that because he got fucking one, one rejection. Oh my God. Well, I guess, I guess that's what it, it like, the, the gravity of it's different. 
today versus 1999 in the sense of mm. like that's so ridiculous can you imagine that somebody would do that yeah but but they even I earlier feel like that's the opposite like the reason why they did that is they're like what would be a good reason to attack the prom well, what if you got rejected and then they didn't have to go into a bigger backstory in the episode because they assumed everyone would be like oh yeah that makes sense no but also like he, they said before like when wesley let me guess he was quiet kept to himself but always seemed like a nice young man mm. yeah that's i mean true. that's like that right there is a critique on he, they know what they're talking about. Yeah, like white male yeah. mass exactly. culture. Exactly, that yeah. terrorist out there. I mean, this yeah. is after fucking Oklahoma City and sure, all that. Yeah, but, but I, I, I didn't. You didn't? I no, wanna. not like mm-hmm. ever. Especially earlier watching the show, and I think it's because I was just unaware of stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. if, for me, it was like that's ridiculous. Who would do that? Um, well, yeah. And I think it was a combination of the internet connecting us more than we ever had before, so we can really track incidents of violence in a way we haven't before. Uh, and maybe, because I, I don't know that things are getting worse, I think we just know about more things that have been happening. I mean, people have been murdering each other from time in memoriam, and people, men have been committing violence against women forever as well. That's I mean, a huge theme of this episode. Hope works out for you. I know you can laugh, but I have witnessed a millennium of treachery and oppression from the males of the species, and I have nothing but contempt for the whole libidinous lot of them. Then why are you talking to me? I don't have a date for the prom. Well, gosh, I wonder why not. It couldn't possibly have anything to do with your sales pitch. Men are evil. Will you go with me? Doesn't stop talking about it the yeah. entire episode. That's, that's true. And I think that's all intentional. I think that's all. Well, that's, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad that I brought it up so we could. I think Barney Noxon is great. She knows what she's doing. I think all of that stuff was played exactly with the emotional weight and the weight that you're supposed to take away from it. But I think, yeah, like any of this sort of stuff, if you see it wrong, it's like listening to a a song. You hear misogynistic lyrics. And if you're a misogynist, you're going to clamp right on that. Do you think that they, those were intentional choices that you're supposed to think that Tucker's a fucking maniac? I mean, obviously on the face of it, this guy wants to kill everybody, but like, do you think it was played as a joke or no? Um, I don't think that cutaway was meant to be funny. Yeah. I feel like you get, you know, Buffy's sort of disdain for his reasoning yeah. after that cut where she's like, really? Yeah. I think she's saying exactly what the writers are saying when they're encountering a piece of shit like this. And I think it's weird because it comes after something like Columbine, which wasn't specifically about something like this, like the same male rage, like, like the one yeah. guy that went to go kill his girlfriend or whatever, did that whole video and you know, the like, UCLA, UCLA guy. guy. Right. Yeah. Like something like that. Mm-hmm. But like, it's still the same sort of thing. It's like this fucking kid who's talking about murdering other people over like these small slights that right, happen yeah. to human beings just as a course of your daily business in the world. Yeah. Buffy's disdain, I think was, was definitely like, this guy's an idiot. This guy's terrible. This guy's the worst of the worst. Well, good. I wish we got more like closure on him. Well, that's what <laughs> I tied him up he? and like, it's just yeah. over. Yeah. He goes to the prom. <laughs> no problem. There's no cops in this world. So like, we're just assume that he's going to die there, I suppose in well, his cage. But something the show also does, although I don't know if they did this intentionally, is essentially what Tucker's, thesis statement is is that like she owed me a date like how dare she like he has that anger towards her having the like agency to say no to his offer um but at the same time Buffy is also being rejected by Angel and she doesn't have that reaction she doesn't think that she's entitled to take Angel to the dance even though they've had this big relationship right like she's not angry at him for not doing that she's sad obviously but like I think you're like pairing these two you know kind of similar rejections in the sense of they both expected to go to the dance with a date and neither of them get to. Yeah. Right. 
So, yeah. and then it ends with Tucker being tied up in a house that no one cares True. about him. And, you know, <laughs> Angel comes in. Well, it's, also, it's also commentary on the media you consume. And after something like Columbine, you know, we look back on it probably in cringe where you're like, Marilyn Manson was the reason for oh, sure, all the sure. shootings and stuff. But that, that never goes away. And so you've got these things, these rom-coms that are showing you how life is supposed to be. And you've got this white kid who is detached from the world, who is just watching this in loathsome anger. But then you contrast it with Buffy, who is telling, you know, uh, Willow, her best friend, that she doesn't need to be this kid doesn't have a best friend in theory, right? Sure. He's just there by himself, but he, she has enough. She has a best friend who she can tell not to do the best friend thing because in fact, angel is not a bad person and that maybe this is right. And we don't need to be angry about it. He's a fool. He's just a big, dumb jerk person. If you ask me, there is something bigger. The world is a much co- more complex place, but she is dealing with the complexity in a, in a realistic way. Yeah. Whereas this kid isn't because he he is wrapped up in these and what the media is showing us. Well, and I has, think that is David. cringeworthy later, but it's but that's I think what they're trying to get yeah. across. Like pretty in pink. Look at all these because Carrie was on there. Like all these mm-hmm. prom videos, you know, that he's like consuming. Oh yeah, and, Carrie. Yeah, Carrie. But that's and not that's, a, she said the Carrie. Yeah. That also I didn't. No, no. Um, Buffy said. Yeah, that. yeah she yeah. does. Yeah, you you're gonna pull a Carrie. Yeah. So I mean, it's that's what I I think it's just a commentary on that too. Like. If you're sitting at home watching these and you're mad about it, it's the same thing as like watching your Instagram and you're feeling that envy and you're angry, you probably need to put the phone down and yeah. get out and, you know, go live life. Yeah. And season six is, uh, I mean, definitely spearheaded by Warren, who has yeah. t- horrible feelings of rejection and vengeance towards women. I mean, he's the, the incel leader because Jonathan and Andrew are just kind of there. They just want to cause general mayhem. They're not specifically angry at women. They're mad at people that fucked with them in high school maybe, but uh, Warren certainly has a vendetta against all womankind. Uh, so I think it was fitting that Tucker, if, if they really were trying to do that, that he could have flipped in there just the same and been been just as scary that's why Warren so again he's Tucker's brother but we don't talk about Tucker ever again except in the context of he's Tucker's brother right so Tucker (laughs) in theory is just out in the world could be could be Um, he's changed but yeah so Buffy later in the show Don will say uh, to Riley I think you're good for her she doesn't get worked up over you the way she used to get worked up over Angel. Um, which causes him <laughs> to go into a depression spiral yeah. and go get eaten by vampires on purpose. So, Clutch. Clutch. Um, thanks, Don. As we do. But I think that's actually really true, obviously. I mean, it is true. The show shows that it's true. But I think yeah. Buffy feels this so uh, deeply, this breakup, that she's so fucking upset. So and she's I incredible. Felt it. Yeah, I felt right? it and I hate them. And I think it was a really <laughs> transportive moment. It's like when everything is so painful and dramatic when you're a teenager and it's like this combination of as you get older things are like you can put things in perspective a little bit more. Each breakup's a little bit easier. Like things are still devastating, but I think, you know, part of Buffy closed down after this. She's like, "Okay, I'm just I'm not I'm going to go for the easy guy. I'm just going to have a nice normal relationship. I'm not going to like throw myself into it this much and also just getting older and detaching a little bit. We're supposed to think that Buffy over time becomes less and less human um, as part of the arc of the show. And maybe this was a little bit of that too, a little chipping away of, of, you know, her heart building up some walls. Uh, Cause clearly Spike, she never really loved, right? Like she cared about him enough to keep him around, but this is the, the last dude that she was so into. She was going to fucking cry for 25 minutes off stage. You know, like this yeah. is 
pretty intense and and I hope our, our gal recovers. Trying to do what's right here. Okay, I'm trying to think with my head instead of my heart. Heart? You have a heart? It isn't even beating. Don't. Don't what? Don't love you? I'm sorry, you know what? I didn't know that I got a choice in that. I'm never gonna change. I can't change. Choice is kind of a broad term for my situation. I want my life to be with you. I don't. And we're all okay with their relationship ending, yes? Yes. Great. I love their relationship ending. Yes. We've been wanting I love this. them in the sewer. They were so good. Like when she's like, You wanna don't wanna be with me? And then he's like, I don't. Yeah. It's like, oh, it hurt. It was good stuff. I mean, even at the end when she, what does she say? She's like, I don't know how, why is this happening or something like that. It and was just real, yeah. Holy shit. So good. And like crying with Willow. I'm yeah. Dying. It was intense. But then you have, I mean, even God damn it, Joyce is going to like get a point in this episode. I know. It ain't bad. It ain't bad. I, I mean, her caring and trying to be a mom is offensive, but, <laughs> but like, it was good. And then Angel even was like, I'm old enough to be your ancestor. Oh, God, this is terrible. Like, yeah. you're right. You're right. Let's yeah. end this. Let's end this now. Yeah. And then he looked so handsome coming to the prom. <laughs> Just wanted them to dance. Stacia was not a fan uh, of the hair. Oh, he oh, did yeah, have some at moments that it was like the one piece of hair was just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was out, it Way was out high. to party. Way too high. I, I would just like to say how deeply irritating Angel is in this episode in pretty much every way. Like, first of all, we start out the episode with him being like, no offense, Daniel, such a straight, white, like oblivious dude that would not offer any sort of comfort for Buffy mm. when she comes to his house. He's just like, staring at her. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, it's like, watching her sleep. I've okay. never thought about, oh, maybe you need a drawer. Maybe you need a mirror. Maybe you need mm. like, I don't know, toilet paper in your bathroom. Like, I'm just imagining her laying like she's like, like sleeping there, like on the flattest pillow you've ever <laughs> seen in your life that she just had to fold over like eight times because there's just like the one pillow and there's like one sad little blanket. I'm just like, Angel, pull your life together. I guess that's what couples do. They have drawers. I know he's supposed to feel uncomfortable because she's like, oh, she's asking for a drawer and I need to dump her. But like the point <laughs> is she already should have had a drawer, bro. Like I'm mad that we're having this conversation now and she has to ask you and you didn't just offer it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he starts out on a bad foot and then he goes to dump her. And instead of being like, I need this because this is what I need. He basically calls her immature and mm, says, yeah. I'm doing this for you and martyrs himself in the whole process by saying like, Buffy, you're for such a child. high school. Like I saw your notebook where you were like, Buffy hearts angel forever. <laughs> and like, I can't do this. Like, don't you know I'm four, 243 years old? I'm old enough to be your ancestor. Buffy isn't just a high schooler. She's the slayer. She like has taken on this whole role ever since prophecy girl, where you can't just look at her and say, high school girl like that's not who she is and it's not fair to reduce her down to that to say you don't know what you want because you're a high school girl like that's not fair and to say oh but you'll want children someday she's the slayer she's never having children why are you gonna throw that against her like that would be dangerous for her and for any child she had like even without you that's not a path she's taking or a path that like really she should be considering so that irritates me, especially since she's never once expressed, oh, I want babies so badly. <laughs> he just like threw that in as like, oh, and by the way, you don't even know that you want children yet, but all women want children. So you <laughs> right. will. And I can't do that. And so I like I have to do this for you, Buffy, so that yeah. you can be happy without me and I can go be sad and I lay alone. <laughs> That's all like, he wants. What are you even bringing to the table? You probably didn't even have a toothbrush for her at your house, you jerk. Well, that's oh, why I'm glad God. that she fired back with that. Like, you don't think I've thought about this? Like, come on, man. When you, I think when you're faced with life and death every day, you think about big shit 
more often maybe than other people would because you have to factor that into your short fucking but life. But said I Angel mean, was right. It just, it so irritates so, me. And then well, he, we have right, this right. moment where she's like uh, trying to find out where all these brains are coming from or whatever, hunting down oh, Tucker, right? Forget. And Cowboy. she accidentally right. runs into Angel it's and she's a like, well, I've never really thought about how you get your blood before. Oh, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you have money? Like, you like... <laughs> Complete loser, oh unemployed, <laughs> crypt living, ancient old boyfriend with no car brings nothing to the table except for your own angst. And a sweet mansion. <laughs> He's not paying for her. Buffy yes. could squat there just as well as he could, like, honestly. And even Joyce, when she walks in, she's like looking around like, yeah, it's tasteful. I'm like... This has got to be a place with no running electricity, no oh, right. water, <laughs> yep. no nothing. Condemned property. Oh, yeah. Because otherwise, how is no one coming in here to be like, seems like whoever was owning this place before are no longer alive. Because now we need to fucking like, the Deal with city's this. buying this and we're going to sell this and yes. take a little profit. But yeah, so seeing Angel like buying something like threw in a sharp relief. Like, where are you getting your money? Are you yeah. like stealing from people? Are you doing like, I don't know, cash rabbit or like <laughs> Uber Eats on the side? Like, what are Mechanical you doing tar- to get the cash to buy this blood? Like, we know you don't have a job, sir. Yeah. They made it clear with Spike that he was robbing people, right? Like, and right. that makes sense because he's the bad guy. But what do you do when you're the former bad guy <laughs> who still can't go out in the daylight? Did Buffy just give him like a weekly allowance? And oh, he, shit. he was just like, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was tough because it, it, it was such a good scene down in the sewer. Because like when he was like, you deserve more than demons and darkness. You deserve someone that can take you into the light. Stop right there and you're like, what's that? Pause it. Oh, yeah. That's a mm-hmm. great little quote. Let me grab it. Look, right there. Zoom in on that. Next line out of his mouth. Someone who can make love to you. Yep. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> we ruined it immediately. What? Excuse me? Fine, fine, fine. Yeah. And again, like, obviously, you're right. Like, I mean, the whole time you're like, Buffy has thought of this. Every episode we do this. You haven't thought about it. Yes, I have. Yeah. And then, it, like, we all clear and it's like. Yeah, it turns out we were both right uh, in our own ways about the whole time and it's like oh, this is so fucking unsatisfying like I was I was absolutely compelled by Sarah Michelle Gellar but I fucking stop just stop you guys are both right you can't be together are you kidding me you are gonna want to have sex you can't have sex you are gonna fuck kids fuck all of that you just wanna you're gonna wanna fuck you're gonna wanna fuck <laughs> So that's going to be a problem. This guy is 240 years old. He's a pedophile. Yes. Best to leave it be. <laughs> Wesley, tr- pedophile in training, right over here. Yep. They are, uh, do not interact with them anymore. For God's sake, man, she's 18. And you have the emotional maturity of a blueberry scone. Just have at it, would you? And stop fluttering about. So many pedophiles in the Just show. Anya, show. gotta throw okay. it in there. Look, I know you find me attractive. I've seen you looking at my breasts. Nothing personal, but when a guy does that, it just means his eyes are open. Whatever. Look, do you want to go with me or not? Anya, huh? Interesting choice. While I hate what Angel does in this episode, basically every scene he's in, I find him really, really irritating on a level higher than most episodes that he's in. Um, That's crazy. And I'm frustrated for the reasons why he broke up with Buffy. Obviously, they needed to break up. It was inevitable. This had to happen. However, the last infuriating thing about this episode is that Buffy says to Angel, like, why, or maybe it was to Giles, like, why am I not allowed to have my one perfect high school moment? Right? Yeah. 
And that is her getting the class protector award. I am sorry, but the show sets it up like her perfect moment is Angel coming to the fucking dance wearing a tie. No, it is not. Dump that loser boyfriend. She should have walked up and been like, you're not supposed to be here. I did not invite you. Like, you need to go. I have my umbrella. And just, like, walk away like the queen that she is. I was so frustrated that we're supposed to, like, be happy that she gets this moment. That Angel's willing to do this one thing for her. And I'm like, what have you ever done? See, but the whole time... I she kept like going in to like kiss him. I mean that's what I was seeing. Oh, I don't yeah. know if that's just me. Oh, I don't know. Oh, she was just like constantly like lingering in his face, and he was just like not because they did like three spins around. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I didn't know hmm. like because obviously that the way you want her to feel is the opposite of how she feels. Yes, yes. but <laughs> I found his motivations to be so frustrating. Like yeah. he's making himself the martyr, and oh, then he's always. making himself the hero. After that's like it. breaking Buffy's heart, and I'm like, you're not allowed to do that. Like that's not fair. You're not being fair to Buffy. Yeah. And also, like you're taking away this moment, like to have the entire school acknowledge, like, hey, you're the reason why we're all still alive. Like you've made a huge difference here, even if it doesn't feel like it. That Will was thinking of getting. Can't you ever get your mind out of the hell mouth? I'd be delighted to. I think it's time to yell about some stuff. We've done some quality yelling already. Let's keep this yell train going. Yeah, it's time to yell. Danny, you want to yell? Sure. Angel and Joyce hang out course but we got to see the kinky toys on angel's wall oh the chains yeah mm-hmm. and joyce is probably like mm, i remember those days <laughs> oh my god i mean she's putting the what's a stevedore oh we didn't watch your oh. shot but that joke's in there uh the grossest line possibly in the entire episode besides i can't make love to you is <laughs> xander saying sock puppet of love oh, oh yeah which like it's always hit me as a weird line, but in this time I watched it, I'm like, that's a masturbation joke, though, oh, right? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely. never occurred to me until oh, yeah. this moment, like, like deeply watching it as opposed to sort of half oh. watching it, that I was like, ew, Xander. I love that scene. He was talking to it. it, and then they zoomed yeah. in on his fans. Yeah. Oh, my God. So bad. Like, the crack That was my note. Just, like, the hairy zoom. knuckles, and oh. you're like, no. That was key. <laughs> How does Joyce know where Angel lives? Not really the point of the scene, I understand. But how does she know where he lives? Also, Buffy's complaining about there not being any light. And it is bright AF in that room when they wake up. Oh, so they were sleeping with all the lights on in the house. And Buffy, how could you not fucking know not to open the blackout Don't curtains? I just... But also when you let Joyce in, he just kept the door open with like light. Yeah, no, he, it was like, okay, you, they did the cop out where it's like, he's behind the door as an opens. But yeah, no. The so fucker should have been caught on fire so many times. Get a light. Like, I mean, get a little door people, thing so we you need can people. see who's here. Like, why would and you just open the door? And then you can open and shut the door so fast. Or just be like, open the, you know, tell them to open the door. I don't know. Joyce is so cool with him being a vampire. That must have had happened all off screen. Because she's yeah. like, yeah, no, I recognize you're a vampire. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I just don't want you to, I just don't want you to be with my daughter. Because you're ancient. Yeah. You stop boning down. Damn. Uh, I think Xander was incredibly funny in this whole episode, and I loved when he said, I'm dipping into my road trip fund to procure a new tux, so look for me to dazzle. To dazzle. <laughs> That's pretty Screams great. it. So good. Uh, I loved Buffy's line when she says, you don't, you have a heart? It isn't even beating. And then Angel's like, don't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you're the one to call this a freak show. That's true. Jeez. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Xander is wearing two collared shirts at once. Never a good look. What the Horrible. fuck? He's wearing a polo under a button-down shirt. Get out of here, Mr. Harris. Um. Oh, another thing I forgot to mention about Angel. Why the fuck didn't he just wait until after the Ascension to dump Buffy? Like, either they're going to yeah. die a horrible death and you could have given her a happy moment, or you could have done this after so she's not all, like, broken up and, like, you know, focused on something that's irrelevant to staying alive. Like, mm. again, so selfish. 
the worst. But he has to be a martyr and a hero. Mm-hmm. He does. We got to lead into this spinoff. Two-parter relating to the devil dogs. One, she left one in the house. There was one just in the house. Because oh, she goes sure. after the three that go to attack the prom. There was one in that dog crate that would not fucking hold a demon of paper any clip. kind. It was, a pa- it was basically a paper clip. Oh my, so bad. Level of security. Yeah. We have one of those dog crates. I accidentally almost like- destroyed the whole thing by leaning on it yesterday. Like, what? <laughs> Uh, and also she left the bodies just in a bush outside of the school. Oh, that was amazing. What the fuck? <laughs> that was incredible. I thought for a second she was going to do something. That was like a phase level <laughs> failure of dumping a body. <laughs> I mean, I get that we're all recognizing crazy shit happens here. So we're all supposed to believe now we've reached a new plateau where everyone knows what's happening. True. We just don't talk about it. Well, so, but that was pre her hearing that. Well, I mean, she's isn't still that why Tucker Wells is infamous later? Like, oh, that's Tucker's brother. The, the hell dogs guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe because the fucking corpses They just keep seeing them <laughs> Everyone knew. weeks. Uh, just to piggyback on that, I thought it was a brilliant scene. Again, the funny, the humor in this episode. When, when uh, Buffy... Shot the fucking arrow and killed the one, and then they like smelled it and then ran after her. The unpreparedness with these people with fucking oh, yeah. arrows, hilarious. <laughs> and then she's just like, "Oh no!" And then just starts running. <laughs> but the the camera is the doing the dramatic. She's running so like you're watching her from like chest down, right, yeah. running. She's fucking running, Staying and then you see place. them ah running, 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 running. And then it's and it's funny, <laughs> and then stops, and they run off, and she's like just muttered this song sucks and then <laughs> and then it's a wide shot no more of the heroic running and it's like sarah michelle geller blah blah blah, blah running <laughs> like a normal fucking person not a superhero and i just laughed so hard sorry i just laughed so hard because they, that was so intentional like she was a superhero running away and now she's just a schlubby kid running Aww. back just, do, do, do. <laughs> Oh, speaking of the music, oh, real quick so before I forget, we oh, have yeah. the most music I think in one episode. We got Fatboy Slim. Right. We got—is it cool in the game that does cool celebration? The um, it, they must have spent some fucking money on music in this episode, which they go out of their way not to most of the time. I I celebrate like. is probably in the prom repertoire, so they might have gotten that one for okay. Maybe Wild Horses, though—that's nuts. Yeah, I mean, because not only are you dealing with the, the Sundays, you're dealing with the Stones, yeah. who famously sued the Verve into fucking oblivion for using one of their right, songs. Right. So and this was yeah. a sanctioned cover. So. Yeah. Yeah. I would have had to have been. Yes. Stay sure. Um, props to Cordelia for her legally blonde moment where she correctly notes that the hell dog is trying to go after formal wear and not the schlubby outfit that Xander is wearing. Which is insane. How would Even anybody know? Everyone that? laughs at her and they're like, oh, Cordelia, you're, you're so dumb. All you care about is fashion. She was right. Yeah. <laughs> you can always solve crime through fashion. People just don't ever That's do so it. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Jack Mayhew seems fucking insufferable. And if I had to be near him for five minutes, I'd want to shoot myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man! <laughs> just saying. That CCTV going back to the Cordelia scene. I was so funny when it's just like zoom in enhance. It's like that's not <laughs> it's a, a regular VCR. Yeah. And then I was like, hey, rewind that. And he's he's like, like, I can't do that. <laughs> oh, oh wait. Oh wait. So funny. God, it's Xander again. Real funny. But the CCTV. We gotta assume that's raw footage we're watching. Sure. Yet it's been stitched together conveniently to get a couple different <laughs> yeah, shots yeah. with that fucking guy in it. Also, why does he have to be that close? I feel like Tucker really fucked this up. He should have been further why away. Why are you standing outside the window, bro? Also, like that kid got fucking murdered. Yes, he did. <laughs> and we watched it on repeat and never really dealt with that yeah. even a little. And at least Buffy was like, ah, oh, this makes me sick. Yeah. I mean, she was sick about Angel, but at least she put on airs. Yes. To be mad about them. Yeah. 
I would like to pause it. How sad is Buffy really? We have not seen her depression overalls. That great point. Oh, great point. Right, she's yeah. Fine. She's fine. No big deal. Uh, the class protector speech does not start off great. We're not good friends. Yeah. <laughs> We've really, never liked you, Buffy. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is, oh no. I mean, I know what's going to happen, but like, that doesn't start off great. But they oh. pull it out. Also, the award itself is trash. That little plaque, like, you've got to inscribe that on the handle. My friend, that cost you $1. Yeah. I do exactly like $1. to picture Jonathan with a hot glue gun and some like <laughs> glitter just like working away on it behind the scenes. I will say as somebody who I've seen your shot, but I don't mm-hmm. if you don't know, it's jarring to have Jonathan out of nowhere. It's like you vaguely recall. I mean, that he's because he's been in the know, background know, so many know, episodes, but never, never really a thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like it's it makes sense even without your shot. But like, man, you really need your shot to hammer that home. Yeah. Because yeah. him and Buffy have a look. Like, they share a look, which I assume is an earshot look. Well, yeah. Well, and because he's like, you've saved so many of us. Including me. Including me. But like. (laughs) Like two weeks ago. Right. (laughs) I don't know that. So, yeah. yeah, That was kind of a, that's rough. Mm -hmm. Kind of needed the earshot. You delved into the black arts and conjured up a hell beast from the ocean's depths to wreak your vengeance. Didn't you? What? No. Um, so I will argue this again, but Xander only has two redeeming moments in the entire seven series of this show, seven seasons, watching too many British shows (laughs) (laughs) of the seven seasons of the show, one of which happens in this episode, which is when he buys the dress for Cordelia. Mm. And then instead of lauding it over her, just says, you look great. Like that was so amazing of him to recognize, like, she really needs this. I can do this for her and I don't need to take credit. Like, it's just like, this is. You like mm-hmm. you earn this amazing. Yeah, that was so. Incredible. Thank you, Xander, for not being a total douche canoe. And Hold on to this, people out there listening. Maybe cut and pay this next time. You're like, oh, but I love Xander. Just listen to that once. In a <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also in that scene, which great shot when he's like, "You look good," and mm-hmm. and then just like went off with Anya. Wesley gives him a look like, "How dare you yeah. <laughs> be talking to my woman? Why is my woman talking to the age appropriate young man right there? How dare? How dare the situation be happening?" I hate Wesley so much, and this is a real big stain on. How is he him. a fucking chaperone? He does not work for this school. He is he has no a, kids. An adult in the wild who should not be around these fucking children. He doesn't belong there in any way. And shape, let's or form. also throw. We got to throw Giles under the bus because He's Giles is just like I can't hear your blueberry scone <laughs> ass talk anymore. <laughs> so you just need to get on with it. I mean, you're probably trusting on some level, Cordelia, not going, but who I. No, because she ain't going to shut it down. Wesley, <sighs> get yes. out of here. You are not the Wesley of A. Get out of this get school. out of the school. Go on your you road trip. Here. Get back to L.A. Can't <laughs> wait to see you. demon hunter. Yeah. I can't wait to see you later, my friend. Christ. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This Tucker kid <laughs> orders cow brains two times a week. <laughs> <laughs> the guy in the slaughterhouse. What was that guy? <laughs> what was that scene? I don't know. There was man. like an open air fucking like. Slaughterhouse. Slaughterhouse. That's not a thing. Must be in the docks. You just district. like let Buffy just wander through yep. without like oh, a hair. This is a dress. Yeah, it's a fucked up kid. Whatever. <laughs> like, what the fuck is who? I want to know more about that guy. <laughs> we need life. to talk to the butcher. We do. Ah, <laughs> uh, gosh. Did you know that we're a real podcast and you can find us everywhere at Beat Me Pod? That's going to be Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. Uh, we also have playlists on Spotify where you can also find our podcast if you want to. Beat me pod. True. Uh, 
the playlist is going to be called Fun Time Playlist for Podcast Fans. Season three, that's going to have a song, any song that may be featured in our podcast episodes Wild as horses. well as, yeah, songs that are on the episodes that are available on Spotify and Wild Horses for sure. Is, 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 nope, as I say that, could be lying. True. We don't know. I'm going to need an update on some watches. Very simple. A lot of no's this week. Is Anya still a watch? Anya watch has ended. Anya oh. watch has ended. And okay. we can just say it started again. It's ended again. <laughs> <laughs> Xander button down tank top watch. He did have a button down. I can't confirm the tank top. No, yes. he did. Actually, the first scene he's in. Oh, a, that's yeah. what I thought. Wait, but okay. then he downgraded to a polo button down. What the fuck? <laughs> Maybe we should have that as a watch. I mean, I think <laughs> Is that going to be a regular fashion choice. I oh, hope no. that was just so that Cordelia could be like, what are you wearing? <laughs> I hope. But uh, I'm bad. not sure. It's bad. <laughs> Maroon jacket watch? Not yet. Not at all. Giles being mean to Oz. Nope. Okay. That, I don't know why you did that. <laughs> Devin watch. Does he even go to the school? I never even <laughs> oh, thought about it. Is it is weird. that he, like, I thought maybe Dingoes would play the prom. I think he's older. Oh, Dingoes would play the prom, right? In a different show. In or a like Big One Eighty Two. Oh, maybe he doesn't go to the I mean, school. My, no, no, no. He is in a scene outside of the school with yeah. Cordelia, but he might have just yes. come to pick but her up. I yeah. just assumed he was like 20, 19, 20-ish, like a little bit older than Oz, like had graduated, but was still in that friend group. Right. Like, oh, that's Oz actually. He, oh, he should have graduated. Yeah, right? should have yeah, graduated a year before, so it would make sense that Devin's older. Yeah. Okay. That's why it's not around so much. But why didn't Dingo's play the prom? That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't even have a band. Because yeah. then how do you have all those iconic prom songs? Oh, true, true. true. They could have covered You know what? Places. Iconic prom song they did not play, but that was played at my high school prom. No. Cotton Eye Joe. Oh, oh Jesus. Was this right now, Cotton Eye Joe? Like 99? I don't know. <laughs> been out. Might not have been out. Yeah, I don't know. Ugh. Gross. Why did you have to say that? <laughs> <laughs> DeHoffer and Watch. No. Yeah, but we did see on which was uh, fun. Uh, Sandy Watch. No. Nope. <laughs> oh my God, that's right. Michael, Amy, Wicca, Goth Watch. No. No. And in fact, even are any of the Wicca stuff from Willow, it's no, just wait. hacking. Yeah. Just hacking. Just one little hack. Just one Books a million. No. No. Man. No mention of books. However, continuity alert. We do hear about the four the pages. That's right. Yeah. And uh, don't worry. They were incredibly important. Thank you for asking, Xander. But first, we'll do the prom. Streets ahead, nothing. So the world has folded in on itself. Oh, no. Because. Wow, you're waiting for this. Buffy not only does not mention that dress shop by name, which is April Fool's, which everyone seems to be real acquainted with. So the fact that she says that dress shop and not April Fool's, point one, point two, that dress shop on Maine. Oh, by the magic box, right? They right. Say and like I famously refuted before. In the Buffy Encyclopedia, they do say that all of those shops, all the shops we know, Sun Cinema, the the street, they say that it is Main Street. Now my whole reality is crumbling, no, I and I can't remember this. where we even got Maple Court okay, from. Okay, but you have cross streets, right? Couldn't it be Maple Court and it, Main? Well, Maple at, we Maine. did talk about once. There's a perpendicular street well, to that. That what there would be is, the main there street. is, yeah. and I want to say that we have seen the entire length. From the cinema down to the unknown street that we have mentioned here as a hypothetical street. Right. There is nothing there is no shop on that. Right. That's not where yeah, they no. are. Because you would get we've seen it from all angles. No, it's we have like never it's seen confirmed official. April Fool's, Sun Cinema, Magic Box, or on even Maine. the espresso pump are on, on Maine. this main street. That's yeah. fine. Okay. Because Maine but that is that the same shop that we get when she's like Googling ogling, ogling. Wedding dresses and Riley freaks out when she's like, it could be. Do you think that's the same? Yeah. Like, nevertheless, we've established now 
as canon that that is in fact Main Street. Have that's we, fine. or did she just call it the wrong name? So no, that's the thing see, too. I'm okay. Well, that but then Maple Court, where uh, where did we pull that from? I didn't make that up. That no. must have been said over on Maple Court, folks. Right? We will do research. So it must be the perpendicular street. If any of this, but then I have seen maps confirming that There's Maple no Court maps. is the main There's street. There's no maps. I mean, they're all made up. Yeah, yeah. So no we're making knows. it up. Maple the Court. Every know. street is Maple okay, Court. Okay, so well, we have to at least add that Main Street is a street. And it exists in in out of reality on, at will with Maple Court. Hypothetical Street, hypothetical Main Street. We can't confirm. They don't know. They're they don't really know. like. Yeah, there. I didn't even pay attention. Yeah. So final watch, either. which we're gonna have to retire this because this is just gonna get old. Giles, most dangerous KO of the show. Still Gwen Post. He hasn't been knocked out in forever. Uh, we cannot retire that one. If we're gonna keep the long game of Sandy, you cannot get rid of Giles. <laughs> well, not get rid of it, but I mean like. We're gonna put this one up in the retirement echelon, like for the season. This is this is the most dangerous knockout of the season, and it will contend at the end of the series for biggest oh, knockout. Okay. Right. But like, I'm getting tired of saying Gwen Post in Revelations, so gotcha. we're almost done with the season. Gotcha, so we're gonna gotcha. retire this one. Okay. But yeah, so far he hasn't been knocked out in like a good twenty episodes. It's been a minute. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So he is uh, perfectly fine. So those are the watches. Can't wait to watch next week. <laughs> Let's rank this sucker, shall we? <laughs> what was that sound that came out of your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Mouth sounds. That sounded like uh, Giles when he was like, they fought in the Black Lot War. Whatever. They feed on the brains. Oh, no. Whatever, you know, you know, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, what the hell is that, Giles? Why are you talking? Stop. Yeah, they were they were bred to fight in the Black Lot War. <laughs> Willow Hacks. We talked about the net slash. Something witchy this way comes. Yeah, uh, she broke into Tucker's email address. I got in Tucker's email address. <laughs> no one asked her. She just did it on her own. <laughs> She's like, I know what these people need from me, and it's to break the lock-in system. <laughs> and I have done so. Uh, gave it a seven. Giles level of Giles. Gave him a nine because he loves Buffy. Uh, even though he does send her to fight the hellhounds alone. Um, and he gives up Cordelia to a predator. So that's tough. tough <laughs> yeah, to Wesley. <laughs> tough look for my guy. Still, nine it is. Joyce. Wow. Gets a six. Yeah, I give her a six too. I think she solid scene. What she did was a net good. I think that she had an adult conversation with Angel. She didn't even do like the 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 stereotypical overprotective parent thing where she's like, "You stay away from my daughter," which she has said those exact words in another context. Like I said, it's rich of her trying to pretend to be a parent, but at least she wasn't going overboard. mm -hmm. Like when Buffy went away and came back, right? I was always a good mom. No, she's she's like, I'm not a good mom. I'm not great. But I'm trying my best. I respect that. This relationship seems a little weird. I managed to track down your house by walking up and down the four streets in Sunnydale and found the one with the mansion on it. So I found you. Easy enough. Actually easier than I thought. Monster of the week. So Hmm. the Hellhounds, a lot of work went into them. Even though they look goofy and we would have been better served by actual dogs maybe. But then like we're dealing with this no budget and we're not going to try to pull some CG dogs. Thank God. Because that would have been real bad. But I think we could have just gotten away with actual dogs i wonder what the cost uh ratio is I'm like i'm really glad we didn't do real i think dogs. actual dogs like animals are like infamously hard hard to, to deal with. with yeah and also you would be sad yeah i you think would be. if, you, if, if she was feels, like yeah that's fair cracks a yeah dog's okay shoots neck. a dog with a crossbow they should have just done what game of thrones did which is by one of those like hard plastic dogs and then just a little toy close to the <laughs> camera and just like kind of bounce it in front of the screen 
Let's go, running. Yeah. Rocky. Adorable. Oh my god. Uh, but a lot of makeup went into it. Obviously, a lot of creature creation, and I think yeah. them on like as an art piece aren't the worst. And they felt confident enough to do a lot of a lot of close ups. Yeah. And I mean, I hated it. I'm gonna be honest, but there was it, the detailed. Yeah, I think so. I guess. Uh, but then you know, um, the actual villain is obviously Tucker. Tucker, and he's a piece of garbage. And yeah. does that make for a good villain or a bad villain? I don't know. Oh, I terrible, give it a five. Terrible. So I, mostly just for the the makeup work that went into the dogs. Um, one note. One note. Villain. Yeah. So, uh, relationship goodness or badness? Buffy and Angel break up. It's hard because I don't care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> To really assess this. But also, I, I see that as a net good. I mean, it right. definitely works out well for both of them involved. And they both kind of know. I'm going to go talk to Parker Abrams. And it's like, it's not that we're not friends. It's not that we can't be close. Co-workers. And they do. And they and they do. And obviously, Twilight, they get the fuck. Don't worry. Yeah. I mean, you will fuck him again. <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck well, universes together, yeah. my girl. Uh, but, yeah, I think because it's a net good and because I don't care that they broke up. But I have to acknowledge that people did care and do care. Do you? Do I you? mean, this is your rankings. You don't You're fucking right. But what's done is done. Uh, Bolo and Oz are fantastic. As per oh. usual, and Xander and Cordelia get a great little moment. They so, were adorable. Obviously. They made me really happy. So give that a seven for relationship goodness Ethan or badness. Ethan, you're talking about the plague on the date. Come on. Great <laughs> shit. And episode specific. Every now and then, people surprise you. Every now and then. Every now and then, I fall apart. And I need you now tonight. That would have been played at the prom. Yeah, for whatever. Sure. So five of ten for that. Uh, so that gives it a total of forty, and that's gonna put it at number twelve of nineteen for the season. Now it should be twelve of twenty, but obviously we have not gotten ear shit shot yet. So ear shit, ear shit. <laughs> twelve of nineteen. It is one above enemies, one below homecoming. Uh, that's that's me, Stacia. What do you got? So um, I ranked this thirty-one out of fifty-three. Yeah, middling. Meddling. Uh, it's below Faith, Hope, and Trick and Surprise and above Lie to Me and Out of Mind, Out of Sight. Daniel? I was more generous for this one. I I put this one in the 40s. Damn, man. I like this. I think the writing was really good. All the moments that well, you said were kind of like, I just found the it's so funny. I just found him being, you know, that just the mockery of our of our main villain was beautiful. And just running the way she did away from those those creatures was exquisite. I just I think the two of them are hilarious. It sucks that they have such bad episodes. Uh, the, our director guy, because I thought he just knocked it out of the park. Oh yeah, and Marty Knoxon is just great. Well, just I mean great. they they made her the de facto Buffy Angel writer. Yeah, like, and I'm glad they did because Joss has some real shitty ideas about yeah, what he thinks is things. good. Yeah, because even this line with the having sex thing, like that was. It, but he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Like that's the thing. I don't want him to say it. I yeah, but I mean, like, well, I guess if you you have to say that, so how do you say it? I'm glad. I guess he said make love. Yeah. I know, well, but I mean, no, glad is a strong word. It. But like, you need someone you who can to fuck. Say it. <laughs> it, everything in this conversation makes me want to bring it further down, but I'm just gonna ignore, ignore it, and just go with my gut here because I. I generally had a good time, especially after a couple of really shitty episodes. And, you know, the theme of choices was really strong. Choice is kind of a broad term for my situation. And choices is so good. <laughs> um, I, no, I, like I said, I, I used to love this episode. It was one that sticks out in my mind constantly. It was, I, I always enjoyed watching it every time it came around. Hmm. Um, I, I think that I'm just bringing a lot of my own shit and anger at these types of people, these Tucker types of, mm, of men that are just 
scum of the earth like shouldn't exist red pill fucking incel idiots and i wanted the show to be mad more mad at them yeah. but like that doesn't make any sense and i think that's what i brought into it this time around as well as like it didn't yeah. like it as much but no it's fucking funny and it's well written and and i think i'm glad that we talked about it because i think in the end you're right that they did it wasn't supposed to be like a levity thing it was like no we understand the gravity this fucking this is terrible this guy's a piece of shit and just because it didn't go as hard as i would want them anyway the internet's a lovely place thanks for being on the internet <laughs> yeah. with us the internet is a great and terrible awful place um that is it for the prom thanks so much for listening we will be back next week for graduation day part one we are at the end friends snyder's us gonna die not snyder's not, not a snake no snyder's not a snake and he's not gonna die does in the next does episode he become a snake, next. um the mayor become a snake in at the end of the first episode no yeah it all, all happens in part two here. all the action happens. what's in part our two? cliffhanger between the two because um, Kendra died in our Buffy last stabs okay. Faith in the stomach and she falls off a building. <laughs> I cannot fucking wait for that. With, With Faith's own knife. The knife. TM. <laughs> she should have grabbed it from that wall. That she was should've. poor planning on her part. Gosh. But we'll be back on the 18th for that, May 18th. Uh, until then, Stacia, say goodbye. Goodbye. Daniel, say goodbye. See ya. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Buffy Summers here tonight. Great thing about being a slayer, kicking ass is comfort food. We're not good friends. We're not friends. You're not friends. And I shall be wearing pink taffeta as Chanel will not go with my complexion. Can we please talk about the ascension? We're not friends. Most of us never found the time to get to know you. But that doesn't mean we haven't noticed you. We don't talk about it much, but it's no secret that Sunnydale High isn't really like other high schools. A lot of weird stuff happens here. Zombie! Nobody would point towards the army and zombies thing. Hyena people! Hyenas aren't well liked. They do seem to be the schmoes of the animal kingdom. Snyder! <laughs> this isn't an orgy, people. It's a classroom. But... Whenever there was a problem or something creepy happened, you seemed to show up and stop it. Most of the people here have been saved by you, or helped by you at one time or another. We're proud to say that the class of 99 has the lowest mortality rate of any graduating class in Sunnydale history. Never again. And we know at least part of that is because of you. So the senior class offers its thanks and gives you, um, uh, this. It's from all of us. And it has written here, Buffy Summers, Class Protector. Besides, I look cute in a tiara. <laughs>